You are listening to the Christian Bookworm Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. I show up here to talk to you about all things bookish and to share fiction, nonfiction, and children's book recommendations written by and for Christians. I love reading good books, and I love helping you find good books too. Let's dive in. This is episode 31, and I'm so glad you're here. As always, you can find the links to all the books and anything else I talk about on our show notes page, authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes html. I have been talking to you about your goals, so I figured I'd just kick us off with that because why not? Why not just keep being your supporter and your encourager if that is something you need? And um, just say that if you're doing great, if you've been sticking with your goals, if you've been working on those things that you want to see changing or happening in your life, then awesome, good job to you, and keep it up. And if you haven't, or if you haven't been doing as well as you would have liked to have done, then this is your reminder that that's okay. Everybody has slow days, everybody falls off track sometimes, and that doesn't mean that you're off track for good. It means you had a little slip up, and you can just jump right back up and get back into it. So... Keep going, keep working on it. No matter that you've made mistakes, you just keep making steps in the right direction. Every step in the right direction is a step in the right direction, right? So hopefully your goals are going great for you. They're going pretty good for me. They have been going great, and the last couple days have been, um, I guess I've been keeping up, but it's been a lot more difficult because we're moving. This is very exciting news for my family. We have been staying in a relative's home for about six months now. Um, I've shared that in the past, and it's been half wonderful, half incredibly frustrating. Um, of course, just simply, I'm a mother of four, and I homeschool, and we have uh, food allergies in my family, and I don't have my kitchen and all my kitchen things, and I don't have all my homeschool things, and um, just in general, there have been some some things in that regard that have been a little bit frustrating, and of course, Um, It's just nice to have your own space. At the same time, we've been able to spend time with family, and um, that's been pretty wonderful. So um, it's been a really good thing, but it came from a sad thing, and parts of it have been frustrating. And we're just excited for this new season or new chapter. We're very excited to have our own space again, um, be in our own space, and um, kind of settle into more of the routine for the way we like to live our lives. So this is good, exciting news. The downside for you is that I'm going to be really busy. Um, First, I got to pack up everything that made it into this house. And I have to tell you, a lot more things made it off the truck than we had initially planned for. So I have to pack up everything that did get unpacked here. We've got to get it all moved. And then we got to unpack all that plus everything else and just generally get settled. And um, I tend to be really slow at both things, to be honest. Um, I'm not very, very quick moving when it comes to packing and unpacking for whatever reason. It's just not my great strength. So um, I guess I get overwhelmed, even though I really want to feel settled. I want everything to feel like it's all set, but it's really hard for me to actually get us to that point for some reason in a timely manner. So hopefully there won't be too much of a gap between episodes, but if there is... Now you know why, and apologies in advance, but it's for a good and happy reason. So, 
there's your little um, disclaimer, I guess, for just in case if it's like a month or two before you hear from me again. Hopefully it won't be that long. Um, but let's just, let's chat today. Um, we're going to chat about some bookish stuff because I'm enjoying that. And I have a fiction and a nonfiction I want to tell you about. And then we're going to chat with my littlest. So you've heard from my older three children and my littlest and I are going to chat with you today about a brand new board book we just got as a review book um, and it's a really good one you guys and I don't have to say that I'm not required to say that I'm allowed to say it's the worst book ever um, and it's definitely not it's a really great book so I think it's gonna be a fun episode and I guess let's just dive right in when I was listening to secular book podcasts I just found one question in particular to be really interesting to me, and that was, um, you know, how do you keep track of or how do you log all of the books you have read if you do? And I found it very interesting to hear um, the podcast host's answers, and also when they would um, have listeners share their answers, I found that to be really interesting. And then I started to ask some of the other bookworms in my life just simply out of curiosity. And I feel like the vast majority of readers I know do not in any way keep track of the books they have read. They read the book, they move on with their life, and that is the end of that. And we're all wired so differently um, from a Myers-Briggs standpoint. I'm an INFJ, and that little J loves to keep track of things, right? And it is so... Um, surprising, I guess, to me, because I can't imagine, I can't imagine um, not somehow keeping track. And that's silly because um, for years and years, I didn't do anything to keep track. But um, now I just love it. And it feels so strange to imagine not somehow writing down or tracking what books I have read. Um, especially in a given year. I really love at the end of December to do a little look back. And I also am very strange and nerdy. And I like to create a little statistics page for myself and really look at, okay, how many male authors and how many female authors did I read? How many of the books I read were contemporary fiction? How many were historical fiction? How many were, um, I don't know, suspense? And then I like to see also you know, how many were fiction, how many were nonfiction, how many were Christian, how many were secular. I really enjoy, for whatever reason, um, breaking it all down and then even taking it further. One year I was really into World War II books, and so I specifically counted just how many World War II books did I read this year, fiction or nonfiction. And I guess, I guess that's kind of an anomaly because even among my bookworm friends, um, very few of them do any tracking, but those who do definitely don't take it quite that far. So um, I don't know if I'm in the major minority for that or if that just happens to be simply a representation of the people I know in person, but I always find it really fascinating um, that we're all different. I love, I love that. But for me, I love keeping track of the books I've read. I think I started using Goodreads in like 2009, that feels about right. Um, since then, it looks very different. Things have changed a lot. Amazon now owns Goodreads, so that has also changed a lot. I think they have an app. Um, I don't use that, but I'm pretty sure they have an app that you can use as well. Um, Goodreads is probably what I've been using the longest because I don't think I had ever kept track before Goodreads came along. 
Um, but once I started using it, I just was so in love with the idea of tracking my books. And then I started doing it later on, um, probably in 2013 or 2014, I started logging them in a physical book. As soon as I said that just now, I did remember, I have a journal somewhere, once upon a time where I started a list of books I had read for that year, but as I worked through the journal, things got jumbled with, um, you know, switching pages, and so I didn't end up finishing logging them that way. But, um, yeah, I, I use a, I have a, it's bright pink for some reason, but I have a physical paper journal that I dedicate to logging the books I have read, and I write the date I finished it. I separate it by year. I write the date that I finished the book, the title, and the author's name. Um, often I'll put something in parentheses like um, this was a middle, you know, I'll write middle grade or historical fiction, you know, something to remind myself, kind of jog my memory. Oh, that's right. That was that book. And then I give it a star rating for myself, one to five, just simply on how much I enjoyed the book. It's not necessarily... Um, whether or not I thought it was well written, anything like that. It's just simply how much did I enjoy this specific book. And that is my favorite way to keep track of the books I read. I do still use Goodreads. Um, I often think I'd like to get rid of it, but I kind of have to keep it because of review books. Um, I, I just like the, I like analog so much better for basically everything these days. Um, I like having the physical format in my hands. So I mostly just would say that's what I use. Um, of course, you could say that my blog and my podcast are also a form of keeping tracks of, uh, track of the books I've read. But I, they're laid out so different that it doesn't feel the same at all. But that's what I do. And I think it's really interesting for some reason. I really enjoy chatting about it with people. So I would love to know... I would love to hear from you. You can leave a comment on that show notes page or you can email me skbell36 at gmail.com. I would really love to know, um, do you keep track of the books you have read? And if you do, how do you keep track? I think it's really interesting. Sometimes the people I meet who do keep track, um, it would surprise me because they don't seem to be... Um, analytical in nature at all. Like myself, I don't really consider myself to be a super um, analytical person, but for whatever reason, I love it when it comes to books. Um, by the same token, I also have, I know even more people who you would think would love it and would say, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't have time for that. Or that's, I don't see why I would need to do that. Um, so it's just an interesting uh, topic to me and I would love to hear your thoughts. When I attended the Spokane Christian Writers Conference, I think in 2019, I really enjoyed my classes with Brandilyn Collins. Brandilyn Collins, I have talked about on the show before. She is a, um, uh, she primarily is a suspense author. She writes what she calls seatbelt suspense. These are Christian suspense novels. Um, I've read a couple of them, and I'm not a huge suspense fan these days, but I still really enjoyed these. I think she's a great writer. I cannot help but feel um, a connection to the characters she writes about. For example, in Dark Justice, our protagonist is taking care of her um, aging mother, who I believe has dementia or something, at least something similar 
while they are on the run and in hiding um, for witnessing something they shouldn't have. And I could not help myself. I just had to keep checking on my mom a little too often while I was reading that book. Um, I also really loved Over the Edge. I thought that was a really great book. This is one um, about a woman who is injected with Lyme disease as like revenge against her husband who insists that there is uh, no such thing as chronic Lyme disease. And I really enjoyed that one. I'm very interested in that subject in general, but I admittedly felt pretty sick the whole time I was reading it. Um, I read through it pretty quickly because I felt like too sick to do much else. And then once I finished it, I kind of felt fine and went, wait a minute. Um, She just writes these really great, vivid characters, um, which is what she talked about at the Writers Conference. So I really enjoyed her classes and then also her nonfiction book on the subject, Getting Into Character. And while I was reading Getting Into Character, I learned that she also has some contemporary fiction set in the South. And y'all know contemporary fiction is kind of my favorite contemporary Christian fiction. Um, And so I read That Dog Won't Hunt. This is the first book in the Deering Family series. And I tend to like books set in the South. I tend to love books about families. So I figured this was going to be a hit for me, and it definitely was. Um, It's only a two-book series. So I plan to read the second soon, but I was kind of trying to pace myself and just see if there might be another one coming out. But it looks like this is it, and it's just a two-book series. This book is told from the perspective of a woman, of a young woman who is um, about to marry the youngest member of the Deering family. The Deering family is a big, loud bold family. They are very loving. They love each other very much, but they're very bold and they have no problem um, kind of rocking the boat, I guess is is how I would put it. They, they enjoy rocking the boat. Some of them are friendlier than others. And um, in general, they kind of felt like a real family. They're mildly dysfunctional, <laughs> um, but for the most part, it's fine. And our protagonist does not have this kind of experience with her family. She grew up in a very abusive home, um, and I guess I should say some trigger warnings there. Um, although it's not, you know, we're not seeing big graphic sections um, depicting everything, you're definitely very much aware of the type of childhood she endured. So um, that's something to consider if that's going to be too much for you. I, I do think you can most likely handle it um, if you're not too sensitive a reader, um, I'm a pretty sensitive reader, and and it certainly didn't make me feel very happy, but I was um, I was able to get through that just fine. But it's really um, mostly just a story about recognizing our differences and recognizing um, how we are all wired differently. And really, I felt like a lot of this was a story kind of depicting why communication in a family is so important and the ways that we can choose to love each other, even during, um, arguments, differences, um, circumstances that we wouldn't prefer. And just in general, you know, a big, important family story, all the things that are always so important in family life. So if you're interested in family stories, stories set in the South, I definitely would um, encourage you to check this one out. I'm excited to read the second one. And And again, this one was That Dog Won't Hunt by Brandilyn Collins. And if you're a suspense reader, I would also encourage you to check her out. I just in general think um, she's a great author and a really lovely person. And you should all read her books.
I think I've shared on here before that I really, for some reason, love books about the human body. I am fascinated by the subject. This is my favorite form of science, human anatomy and physiology. Um, I'm really, really interested in the way the body works and how it works and, and why it sometimes doesn't work and how it doesn't work and how we can heal it when it isn't quite working right. I'm just generally very fascinated by the human body. And I think at the end of the day, the human body itself is one of those things to me um, that just feels so profound and to me feels like proof of God. And I know that there are plenty of atheists in the world who would tell me that it's absolutely nothing like proof about God and um, I understand proof of God. I understand that. But um, to me, when I look at a tiny baby or when I look at um, the way some of our body systems work together, it, it's, I, I can't fathom um, the idea of that kind of just coincidentally happening. It just seems so clear to me that we were so carefully and lovingly handcrafted and created. Um, I think about like a pot, you know, if you've ever been to like a pottery studio and how they might make 10 of the same pot or, or even far more. But none of those pots really looks exactly the same. Um, this one has a funny little pocket right here where there was a tiny air bubble in the glaze and this one is slightly misshapen on the left side there and this one has just a little bit of a curve at the tip of it that isn't in the rest they're all different and that's us some of us have freckles and birthmarks and we all look so different and function different and I just think the human body is, is incredibly fascinating in general but I especially love reading Christian stories that somehow pertain to the human body, to medical mysteries and, and healings and people finding faith when their body, at least temporarily, was failing them. One book I found really interesting was Rewired by Dr. A.J. Seth. This is a story about a woman who I believe was bit by a raccoon. She's bit by some type of animal and I believe it was a raccoon. Um, or scratched, maybe even just scratched by it. Regardless, the wound became infected, and um, she had to seek medical treatment. And she was seeking treatment from Dr. Seth. And Dr. Seth promised her, don't worry, you're not going to lose your arm or anything. And then she did. It got so bad, there, was, um, there were multiple debridement surgeries attempting to clean it out, and um, after a while, there was nothing they could do, and they had no choice but to amputate that arm. And he felt terrible because um, he had, of course, promised that that wouldn't happen. And I think it was because he felt so guilty that he really committed to her care. And he ended up um, going overseas and taking classes and learning this groundbreaking technology of being able to connect a... Um, false limb, you know, it's artificial intelligence, I guess, like a robotic arm to the nerve endings of the human body so that you can think just like you do with your real biological hand, I'm going to grab that apple and your elbow extends out and your hands curl around the apple and then you bring it up to your mouth and, and he's um, learned how to start the process of giving her a, a uh, robotic arm that would function in the same way. And the part of the reason that this was so fascinating to me 
um, is because I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> On the one hand, um, that's amazing, and what a gift to be able to help so many people. However, um, on the other hand, that feels a little bit scary to me. Um, I, I wonder a lot about things um, when it comes to the medical community and playing, playing God, if you will. Um, I get torn on, on certain subjects, and this is one of those things. Um, this feels harmless, if you will, I think. But it also feels scary because I know it can lead to some not so harmless things. And um, in general, I'm just I'm just very much fascinated by the subject. But I feel, um, of course, this great sense of trepidation at the same time. So um, this is something that probably isn't going to interest everyone. But if it sounds at all interesting to you, I would say go ahead and give it a chance. And I would love to know what you think about it. Again, that one is Rewired by Dr. A.J. Seth. I have a very special guest with me today, which is my littlest baby. We call her Dee when we're talking about her online. So Dee, how old are you? Four. She is four years old, and we are going to talk about this lovely board book we got in the mail yesterday from Worthy Kids. What's it called? Do you remember? God, God's love is never. Well, the book is called Nothing. Nothing. N- nothing can separate you from God's love, right? <laughs> this one is by Natalie Creech and Jos- and illustrated by Joseph Kalman. And this book is, um, we're talking about Romans 838. This is a simple board book way of explaining to little ones that God loves us no matter what. No matter what mistakes we make, no matter how far we go, there's nothing we can do that is going to separate us from the love of God. So Dee, what do you like about this book? Um, That... There's bears in it. Yes, you love bears. What else do you like in this book? That that girl was wounding the flowers and then she picked one. Yeah, and then how did she feel? Then what happened? Ha- she felt happy. And why is that? Because she picked a flower. Because she's still loved, right? She's loved and forgiven even if she makes a mistake, huh? Oh. Oh, and there's the bear picture. That's right. What about the words? How do the words make you feel? Loving. Loving. Yeah. This is a good book. What kind of kids do you think will like this book? Cece. Amelia. Some, okay, we're going to name some friends. You think lots of little kids would like this book? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to share about this book? Mm, yeah. <laughs> She's looking at the pictures and giggling. This one? You like this page? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also really enjoy the illustrations in this one. I think these are um, really nice illustrations. But the message specifically um, is, I think, really great because I'm a grown-up and it still captivated me, but it's also very... Um, simple and sweet and really easy for the little ones to understand. 
I would say um, this is a great, I, the thing about reading to kids is of course very few books are actually written and designed for newborns, but um, I believe it's really important to read to our little ones and that there's not really a magical age that you should start. I think we should start reading to them right away. So to me, when I say for little ones, I mean, I think birth on up, but I would say probably age five or six and younger is going to get the most out of this book. It's definitely geared most towards kind of your two and three crowd, but I would still read it to really little ones as well, personally. And um, I definitely think, like I say, I think the pictures are really sweet too. Anything else you want to share? Can you say goodbye? Goodbye. Thanks for coming on my show today. Thanks for coming on my show today. No, I say it to you. You say, it. you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That is our show today, Bookworms. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I hope you found at least one new book you are excited to add to your to-be-read list. As always, you can connect with me online. The best place to find me is on my blog, authorskbell.com. You can also follow me on Goodreads, where I am skbell, and on Pinterest, where I am authorskbell. I also have a YouTube channel, The Christian Bookworm. No videos up yet, but I will be adding some soon. We will again be moving and I'm not totally sure when our next episode will be, but I am looking forward to chatting books with you again then. I think that's it, bookworms. I hope you have a great day today and I hope that involves and two you coming up with, with a, a good book. book. Bye. See you next time. See you next time.